Hello, my name is Sama Russell, and you're listening to episode 53 of The Place of Sound. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. And for those of you who have been following along through the past few episodes of the show, welcome back. For those of you who happen to be listening for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space or the social geography using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, or oral history style interviews, that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal and social significance of a given place, And we typically end the episode with a short documentary-style piece that explores the place-based identity of the producer. The aim with these particular projects is to allow the producer to think about the places that made them who they are today. Before we dive into this episode, I want to make a quick announcement about the fundraising drive happening at our beloved radio station, CKCU-FM. It is an exciting opportunity to show your support and keep the local spirit alive. CKCU is where diverse voices come together, where local Ottawa artists find a platform, and where unique stories are told. It's the heart of our town, and it thrives because of listeners like you. From now until November 12th, you have the power to ensure that CKCU-FM continues to be the beacon of Ottawa's culture and connection. Visit ckcufm.com today to make your donation. If you'd like, you can select our show, The Place of Sound, as the show you'd like to support. Thank you for being a vital part of CKCU-FM's incredible journey. Now, on to the episode. In this episode, all projects will be themed around the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll hear stories and reflections that shed light on the personal experiences of Carleton students during this period and how the pandemic affected different aspects of their lives. To kick things off, we'll be listening to Jordan Wagner's soundscape composition titled Reconnecting Sound in Purposeful Isolation. Jordan, take it away. Hi, my name is Jordan Wagner. I'm a fourth year communication student at Carleton University And today I'm presenting you with a soundscape project that started with unfortunate beginnings, but ended with a surprisingly unique perspective. I hope you enjoy. So in late October, I had plans to go out to my local grocery store and record a plethora of sounds to assemble for this soundscape. However, unfortunately, before I could do this, I got COVID and I had to isolate in my room for roughly five days. At first, I was very disappointed as this vastly limited my ability to go out and record something that I thought was interesting. However, after a day or two in my room, I started to notice something. Every morning when I got up, the first thing I would do is open my window. The air helped freshen up the room a bit, and it was nice to hear the sounds of the world go by. 
It was a good way to reconnect me during my isolation, although the best way to do this was to call someone and just talk. Hello. Hey, Emmy, how's it going? Pretty good, you? Good, good. Sorry. It was nice to interact with someone socially while going through a frankly pretty bitter fever. After talking and resting for a bit, I would move over to my laptop to get my schoolwork done. A little after one? As much as I wanted to ignore it, it needed to get done. However, I could entertain myself while working by throwing on some music. Like immediately, I think. You were tired. I I don't remember. After working for a while, I would use some free time to brush up on a bit of guitar. And after this, I might play some video games or watch a show. And it was through these presentations and performances of sound that I realized how important sound is to connect us to the outside world. So many of our devices are explicitly designed to produce sound, and throughout the silence of my isolating days, I was consistently using tools to produce enjoyable noise. However, sometimes while being sick at home, the noise became an annoyance. The mismatch of different sounds clustered into a painful headache, and I just wanted them all to stop. So all this performative, unique sound taught me how to enjoy the silence, as there's no sound without silence. Thanks, Jordan. The next project we're going to listen to is by Rachel Bender Kerbel, titled Silver Linings. In her project, Rachel explores how due to the pandemic, she built a stronger connection to the nature around her. Rachel? My name is Rachel Bender-Kerbel. I'm a fourth-year student in Communications and Media Studies. In this podcast, titled Silver Linings, I discuss how the pandemic has cut off many of our social relationships. While this has been difficult, it's also left space for different connections. In this podcast, I talk about how I've formed relationships with nature in this time of isolation. My silver lining has been reconnecting with the natural world around me, and it seems that a lot of others have been experiencing this as well. I hope you enjoy. We've now been in the pandemic for a bit over a year. 
That's meant a lot of social isolation and solitude. This can be hard because we are social animals, but upon reflecting about the last year or so, I've found somewhat of a silver lining. I've never held this much time or attention for the environment around me. This time being disconnected from everyone opened up space for different kinds of relationships. I've been focused on my relationship with nature most specifically. I went from spending my summer in a corporate office building downtown to working from the haven of my backyard, even the shore of the lake at my cottage. This past winter, when the cold forced us all back into the city, I've still been outside. I've been taking two or three walks a day just to stay sane in social isolation. I've gone along the Rideau Canal to the Conroy Pits, the Arboretum. These places have all become little sanctuaries and escapes from my apartment scattered throughout the city. A popular philosopher who I enjoy, Ralph Emerson, once wrote that the earth laughs in flowers. And it's true. Slowly I started noticing it everywhere. The birds were singing for me on every morning walk. The ice is sparkling and dancing under the sun on top of hundred-year-old trees. And flowers are stretching up to the sunlight for the first time this spring, just like me. An indigenous botany expert and author, Robin Kimmerer, has done research that shows that breathing in the scent of nature stimulates the release of oxytocin. This is the same hormone that forms bond between mother and child. beginning to think that it can't just be me who's experiencing this reconnection with nature. We've all been enduring this time of isolation, and we've all been finding pathways to joy. For example, the sunny months of the year, the city blocks off Queen Elizabeth Drive to cars, leaving it as a pathway for the flunner, a space to walk along the canal and the nature through the city. Queen Elizabeth Drive is a main road in Ottawa, yet the city realized in this unique time it works better as an open space for people to walk along. In conversation with my mother, I learned about ways that she's found deeper connection with nature in the past year. In true COVID style, this is a phone call conversation due to the recent stay-at-home order. So would you say you've spent more time outside since the pandemic started? Absolutely. Got a puppy right when the pandemic started, so I've been walking 
at least an hour and a half a day with my dog. Um, I took up bird watching as a new hobby. So one day a week, I spend two or three hours outside. What do you enjoy about bird watching? Oh, what I like about bird watching is I just got these new binoculars, and you can see them up close, and they're so beautiful. And also, um, just the songs of the birds, especially now that they're coming to uh, migrate through Ontario. There, I mean, just the song they're singing is so gorgeous, and all the different species. It's quite fun. And have you noticed that the people around you are spending more time outside or trying to get in the nature more since the pandemic? Absolutely. Um, in fact, a lot of my friends have started camping more, and uh, they're saying it's just really hard to find an open campsite. You almost have to be on the internet five months before um, just to get a campsite these days. Tell me more about the walks you've been taking every day. Well, there's a beautiful field right by my house, which I never even noticed before. And now with uh, a full year of being in the pandemic, it's so gorgeous. Every season brings new delights every time of day. So beautiful. Like Last spring, we had the coming of the trees and everything greening up. And, um, and then in the fall, we had the lovely sunrises and sunsets as the days got shorter and then with the winter the beautiful snow and the crystal ice on the branches and then again now in spring all the birds are coming back and things are beginning to green up again it's quite lovely for another take i sat down with my roommate perry about her experience Have you found that you've spent more time outside since the pandemic? Yeah, totally. We go on walks every day almost. And in the winter, we went skating near the canal. Um, when I went home too, me and my family would go on walks every day at lunch. So have you found that the people around you are also spending more time outside? Yeah, I think so. When we go on walks, there's always so many people on the canal. They even uh, like blocked off the street. Um, and when I was back in London, actually, I wanted to get uh, cross-country skis for Christmas, but my mom said they were sold out everywhere. She wasn't even able to get them. And I remember in the summer, my sister, um, was, she was trying to get a bike and everywhere in London was sold out. So my parents had to drive an hour outside of London just so she could get a bike because everyone was doing activities. Has being outside more made you feel better in any ways? Yeah, I feel like it's improved my mood a lot, actually, like kind of good way to like de-stress because you're inside doing work in the same place all day. And it's been nice to have it like a part of my daily routine. This pandemic will go down in history as a time of disconnection. Yet for me, and it seems for many others as well, it has duly been a time of reconnection. Robin Kimmerer writes about going to nature. She says, I come here to listen. 
to turn off the voice in my head until I can hear the voices outside it. The shush of wind and needles, water trickling over the rock, chipmunks digging, the mosquito in my ear, and something more, more that is not me, for which we have no language, the worldless being of others in which we are never alone. The final project for this episode is by international student Song, who talks about his journey back to China from Ottawa and how he had to isolate for two weeks before being able to see his family. He explores his feelings of loneliness and the difficulties that came with his isolation. Zong, over to you. It's Xiaotao here in Beijing, and welcome back to another episode of the show. We're in December now, and that means we're finally approaching to the end of 2020. I'm sure 2020 has been a difficult year, a tough year for a lot of people, because of the outbreak of the coronavirus, which already caused more than 1.5 million deaths around the globe now. So many people's life routine has been changed because of what we call the new normals in 2020 which include practice social distancing, work from home, wear a mask, and so on. Isolation has become a trend word in 2020. We're talking about both physical isolation and social isolation. In today's episode, I want to share a story of mine, a unique isolation experience when I came back from Ottawa in June this year. If you don't know already, I'm an international student and I come back home to China every summer. I booked a flight for April this year and was planning to come back after I finished all my final exam this year as well. But the unexpected outbreak of the virus changed that. Because China announced the international flight restriction in March, my original flight got cancelled and it was rescheduled in late May. At that time, China also has implemented the inbound traveler quarantine policy. All the international flights to Beijing were being redirected to one of the other cities as what they called the first point of entry. Travelers were subjected to a 14-day mandatory quarantine in that city. They also needed to test twice negative for the virus so they can proceed to Beijing after the mandatory isolation. My flight was redirected to Xi'an, one of those first point of entry cities. The flight arrived at the airport at around 8 p.m. All the passengers on the flight got tested for the virus after we landed. We were being transported to one of the assigned quarantine hotels in the city. I've been hearing some of my friends who came back earlier than me saying that the isolation hotel condition was pretty bad because the hotel was randomly assigned, so I was hoping I could get a nice and clean one since I have to stay there for two weeks. By the time I arrived at the hotel, 
it was already 2 a.m. the next day. Each passenger was assigned to a different room. Luckily, this was a five-star hotel located in the downtown area. Honestly, I was excited to see the room was clean, but once the quarantine started, I realized it wasn't what I expected. Life in this quarantine was completely different from my previous days in Ottawa. The biggest difference here was this quarantine is mandatory and I had no choices. In Ottawa, we were asked to avoid going out unnecessarily, but I was still able to go to the grocery store once or twice a week to get some necessities. Take a walk near my apartment building to breathe some fresh air. But during this quarantine, I wasn't even allowed to step out of my room. Being confined in such a tight space for 14 straight days brought me anxiety and loneliness. Sometimes I really felt like I was living like a prisoner in the cell. There's no freedom here. I was not allowed to order food from local restaurants. Instead, what I got was a small table in front of my room. When breakfast, lunch, and dinner time approached, the hotel staff in protective suit would deliver the food to my door for me to pick up. And obviously, the food there wasn't the best. There was a snack menu provided by the hotel that we can purchase some extra food and drinks, but they were insanely overpriced. Every morning around 10 a.m., the medical team would do a room check for every room. They will ask some questions about my body condition and they will also do a body temperature check to ensure that I have no symptoms. I wasn't able to see anyone else physically throughout the 14-day isolation besides the hotel staff and the medical team. Even I spent most of the time staying at home in Ottawa before I left, I still had friends live with me. But in that hotel room, I was all alone by myself. Xi'an gets really hot during the summer, but we weren't allowed to use the AC in the room because the central air conditioner will ventilate the air across different rooms. So if unfortunately one of the passengers got the virus, it had the risk to spread to everyone in the building. For that reason, the room temperature during those two weeks was averaging over 28 degrees Celsius. I was literally sweating when I was sitting in the room. Since the hotel locates in one of the most busiest locations in Xi'an, about 10 minute walk away from the rail station, there were a lot of people on the street at night. I loved opening the windows in my room, not only to get some fresh air into the room, but also to hear the sound of human beings and the sound of the city. In contrast to the silence in my room, those sounds are so close and familiar to me since I can literally see what is happening out there through the windows, but at the same time, they're so further away from me because I've been confined in this hotel room. It was at that moment reminds me all the good memories. I miss the normal days, the days before 2020 when everything was fine. 
miss the days going to a football match, the days going to the cinema, the days going to my favorite restaurant, or even the days as normal as walking on the street without wearing a face mask. I missed every single day that everyone used to take for granted. I miss the feeling of freedom. It was also this quarantine that made me realize how important our social media is, because that was the only way for me to stay connected with the rest of the world. It was my only weapon against loneliness. Although people have been saying so many bad things about social media nowadays, it was those video callings I made with my parents, messages I sent to my friends, and so many times I saw others post that everyone is staying strong. All of these helped me been through this tough time, all together. By the time I finished my quarantine, I got the chance to chat with one of the staff there. She told me that all the staff there had to wear protective suits for four to five hours every day just to deliver food to every one of us, and make sure when we ask for anything, they are there to help. As I said before, I was sweating even when I sat in my room doing nothing. Just imagine how hot wearing an airtight suit for five hours straight will be. She also told me that she would be staying there for a month. Every single day in the quarantine hotel, the staffs had the risk of contracting the virus, but none of them complains anything about it. Every staff was risking their own life to protect our safety. All I had were respect and appreciation for them. Now look back to me sacrifice two weeks of my freedom for the safety of the country. The safety of everyone is nothing much. Instead, that's everyone should do during this hard time. I have to admit that this quarantine experience was tough and difficult, but it was a very unique and memorable one at the same time. I have absolutely no reason, and I shouldn't complain about anything. Just because I've seen so many people risk their lives to help people like me to go back home, it was all the coronavirus helpers, the medical teams, together with a strict quarantine policy, resulted in China being the most effective and successful country in battling the coronavirus. Thank you to everyone who helped, and is helping to stop the spread of COVID-19. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. I hope you are having a great day, and make sure you're wearing a mask and staying safe. I'll see you next time. Thank you, Jordan, Rachel, and Zong, for sharing these reflective pieces with us, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Place of Sound. Before we end this episode, I'd like to ask you: What are some ways in which the pandemic changed your life? Similar to Jordan, did you find peace or discomfort in the silence? Were there silver linings that help you get through the difficult times, or did you have a pretty awful experience with isolation? How did the COVID-19 pandemic spark your personal transformations and reflections? If you're interested in checking out more, have a look at theplaceofsound.ca, where you're not only able to hear more audio media, but in some cases, to see some of the original photos and the writing that students produced to go along with it.
There's also a featured work section on the site's blog, where you can access some notable individual projects, and in the classes section, you can have a look at some of the work produced in each of the previous semesters. But in the meantime, keep your ear out for upcoming episodes of the show, which air on CKCU Radio every other Monday at 6.30pm, and are available wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, thank you for listening to The Place of Sound.